0: Welcome back to another episode of Keone Chats and February is not just the month of love with valentine's day being on the 14th it's also black history month so this month i decided to challenge myself by trying three different black owned restaurants within the portland area using the website iloveblackfood.com so i'm trying to coincide these uh, restaurant tries with uh, my episode releases Uh, i wanted to try and expand my horizons. I want to try and uh, taste different foods from different continents and just see what I like and what I don't like and what can I help promote or how can I use this platform to show the support for whichever restaurants I try and um, see what I can do about it. I'll, I'll never know if I give this restaurant a plug and they end up getting more business from it. But, you know, it's... It's better than just not doing anything at all. So uh, check out next week's episode where I will try some random restaurant from I iloveblackfood.com and it will just be some random surprise. So very excited because, you know, spontaneity is always a fun thing to work with. So today's episode is with Mariah Mills. Mariah and I met during Duck TV back at the University of Oregon. So if you watch the Kylie O'Connor episode about maybe in the teens, uh, so she is also Duck TV alum. And there was a time where I would talk to a lot of people or a lot of my guests. uh, So this would be episode 35. So a lot of my 34 other guests were uh, from my time with Nike Portland. So while that was great, they have great stories to tell, I wanted to go into the next stage of uh, my life and try to talk to people that were involved with that stage. And Luckily, you know, Mariah, she is a very busy woman with her job as a reporter for Kobe TV down in Medford, Oregon. But she was able to take some time out of her two days off to, and talk with me. But it, outside of just talking about you know the topics I wanted to hit with her, it was just nice to catch up with her. It was just nice because you know, she, I'm up here in Portland, she is down in Medford, that's like six hours or so, drive and you know, it's not something I can do, like let's say pre-COVID, it's something I can do just overnight and I come back the same day. It was something that, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where like, oh, distance does suck, but you're not too far enough where I can't make the commitment to go see if I really want to. And again, think pre-COVID, so. Uh, Yeah, it was a great conversation just because she was able to continue that career from Duck TV and bring it, make it to a full-time job for her. So I'm still looking to get that, so a little bit of envy on my end, but also a whole lot of praise and a whole lot of happiness for her to be able to finally get her career going in the right direction. Not just in the right direction, just get her journalism career going in general. So. Before I send you off to that interview, I want to give a quick happy birthday shout out to David Rodriguez, who is a, you know, those people that are uh, very close to you and they are like siblings, but not really siblings. He is one of those people. So he is a man that is my brother's age and, you know, I've known him my practically my whole life. So... Um, you know, at his wedding, I did make a toast, which was my first time ever talking on the mic during a wedding. So, ooh, uh, uh, yeah, I told him like, you know, there's those people there's those people that you say they're like brothers, but he is a brother. So, I was very happy to celebrate his weekend. or just get to see him for a little bit uh, this past weekend as his birthday was on Monday, February 1st. So mark those on, mark that on your calendar, guys. So, um, yeah, he's just, he's, He's so inv- he got so invested when I uh, told him that I have a podcast and I'm trying to get it going. And you know, to show to see his interest and to always find critiques and just find ways to help me improve, it's you know, it's it's invigorating. It's also like oh, people actually pay attention to this. <laughs> Granted, this will be episode thirty-five, but you know, you still never know because the you know having to be your own. Marking person, it's, it's odd. But it's also when it works and people actually bring it up and ask questions about it, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. So happy birthday to him. Uh, he's also, yeah, just a, a long time friend of the show and long time friend of myself. Um, and there is also still some things I need to work on as far as getting it out to the public for the DC Animated Movie Review Series. The last little bit of movies that I did miss in my time of working on the series so uh, it's been a little bit it's been hard for me to really pay attention to that one with the super bowl a being well at the time of this episode release being the next day <laughs> so uh, with the super bowl and you know mock drafts and also editing photos from the dylan vibes photo shoot that i shadowed on mlk day and just any other times i took my camera out to nature or whatnot or just Want to get more practice with you know with Photoshop and see how uh, else I can expand my abilities that way. So, how you can keep up with these episodes that I'm releasing, or the uh, photo shoot ep- uh, photos that I would be releasing, or the mock drafts, or the DC animated movie review series. You'll follow Casey Media on social media. So, the handles are Casey Media 13 for Instagram and Twitter, and then Kanlu K Media for Facebook. So, subscribe, follow. Also, Keone Chats on YouTube is how you can find the video versions of all of these episodes, not just this one, but all 34 previous. So, follow, subscribe, yeah, ring the bell, however you want to stay in the loop as far as when all of those uh, creative contents get released. So however you are listening to this episode on whatever platform you prefer, or if you're watching on YouTube, I hope you enjoy my chat with Mariah Mills. my first ever podcast interview done through an iphone 12 so folks if you're seeing this resolution and you're just like holy smokes uh my camera feels in now well that's okay it's okay mariah mills in the heezy in the house i mean virtual house how are you doing today
1: <laughs> doing pretty well and you
0: uh so how- usually i kind of plan my schedule uh, I plan my interviews on the weekends just because you know it's easier for people to kind of get geared up towards that interview because it's usually on a Sunday but with you in your job I had to make mm-hmm. a special special exception uh, you know post work trying to shake off that well, thank rust. you
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah thank you yeah I'm sorry I have the weird schedule
0: <laughs> I mean I would expect nothing less as a, a reporter for the NBC Okay. So official title. Is it, I, I wanted to call it like the NBC branch of Medford. What is the official station title?
1: Um, so it's an NBC affiliate, but it's Kobe TV and it's, um yeah. So it's NBC affiliate, but we're also partnered with Fox. So I do stuff for Fox 26 here as well.
0: So it's official. It's called Kobe TV, like Kobe Bryant. Do you, Yep. Tell me well, something. Um, <laughs> something happened there right so you just, just shout so out.
1: it's it's kobe with an i it's kobe with an i not an e hmm. um but yeah it's nbc5 news i guess is the technical name but people know us as our call name which is kobe or kobe tv so yeah
0: okay okay and now for a lot of people i guess for like putting myself in this category, where I graduate University of Oregon, I graduate college, I want to go make it on my own, I want to not live with my folks coming out of college, and you know, granted that is an acceptable path for people. You went from up north, from, you went from Medford to Eugene back to Medford. What is it like being back in your hometown?
1: Um, incredibly boring, I'm not going to lie, but I think that's the case anywhere <laughs> because of the pandemic, and there's not much happening um but it's I mean it's good to be home and like all of my family is here um so it's just nice and familiar in that regard
0: yeah now it uh, you know again back, going back to perspective as you know you're a reporter you're usually asking the questions and you're answering what was the perspective change from when you left to go to college and now when you came back like do you feel like the school hallways like if you visit high school it's like smaller or
1: um, honestly, I haven't really thought about that. It just, it, when I first left here, it was just like excitement. Um, cause I didn't know if I wanted to study journalism or become a teacher at the time. And then when I came to U of O and I like saw the journalism school, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, but being back here now, it's way different because I'm more focused on my career and what I'm doing. And obviously it's a, it's a different type of stress compared to school stress, which I'm sure you're familiar with as well. It's a a weird transition going from student to professional because you don't feel like one right off the bat. There's still so much to learn, but that's just kind of how I feel.
0: I've, uh, I've talked to a few people and they brought up, you know, one through like one of my guests, former guests, and this one as a friend where they just brought up the imposter syndrome where they're like in this new situations and they don't think they're qualified. How did, how did you, I mean, granted you were in the Duck TV program longer than I was, so you have more practice, more stuff on your reel, but. How did you overcome that imposter syndrome when you got to Kobe, not Kobe Bryant TV?
1: Um, So honestly, I was just trying to get my foot in the door with Kobe. I moved back here and I was like, okay, I'm just going to apply to the local news stations. It threw together a terrible first reel, which I'm sure you know, our first reels are just the worst. Um, But I went in and I actually applied to be the live van operator, which is completely different. It's more of like the technical side of things. And they liked, I guess they liked me, they had me come shadows and like set up the van and everything, and then ended up calling me back later and saying, actually, we want you to join our news team as a full time news reporter, which I kind of told them was what I wanted. So it just kind of worked out in my favor. And I think they liked, you know, that I'm from the area. So I know it, I know a lot of MMJs move to big cities, new cities, they've never been in new states, and they don't know anybody, they don't know where they are, and they kind of learn it once they move there, you know? So for me, it was just easy. Like, you know, I'm here, I know it, let's go.
0: Yeah. I, I looked, I did a Google search on you, which is, you know, with you having a little more high profile job than other people I've talked with in the past, it's easier to find Mm -hmm. your work uh, through the loveliness of Google. Uh, And I've noticed that a lot of your stories are not sports related. And well, when you were Duck TV, obviously we were in the sports the sports department or sports sector together. Do, do you miss it? Do you, or are you just like, I'm okay with where I'm at? Oh.
1: oh, 100%. If I could go back to sports reporting in a heartbeat, I, I definitely would. Kobe just does not really have a sports section. We don't really have like a designated sports reporter because that's not really how our shows work. It is very much more local news-based. I mean, um, when I did find stories before the pandemic, there was this girl at a local high school here. She broke school history as the first female wrestler to win state. And I thought that was awesome, you know, so I pitched the story, my news director went for it. So I guess now I've made a transition into, I'm not like reporting on highlights and the actual game itself, but I'm doing more character pieces of people. So it's, it's just been a little shift and, you know, I'm hoping maybe my next market, I can do some more sports related stuff, but for now- it's more news.
0: Yeah. I mean, you gotta have that diversity. I was just say diverse or I think that's right. We're diverse. Yeah. Grammar. I sort of know it. Um, that diverse, uh, diversity? yeah. 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 Diversity. We, we, we graduated from <laughs> yeah. high, college. Just want to make sure people know that, um, <laughs> you know, you gotta have a diversity <laughs> of topics you can cover. Cause I know when I was working at Lane community college for their student newspaper, I covered, not just the women's soccer or men's cross country, but I also did like a recycling program. I also did some other like sustainable things that Lane was doing around campus. So it was, it was nice to test the waters a bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was nice, but finding that person. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, and I, yeah.
1: They do that. Yeah. It, it's definitely been a shift, but it's been a good one for sure. I'm glad that I know what I do because news is a lot different. <laughs> which you find as you go along and learn everything, but still similar.
0: Yeah. Now I've uh, talked to one other, one of our Duck TV alums, which, you know, she's going to be a guest a little bit down the line. I won't name names because I want to, I like building up suspense. I like having surprises, but you know, she also went into uh, writing for the newspaper here in Portland and she had a little bit of a podcast on the side is that something you've thought of? I mean, you, you just said you, you like the personal story piece of it all. And with this being your first podcast, is, is this something you could see yourself doing down the line?
1: Like me doing my own podcast or just like regular written news?
0: Your own podcast where you can talk um, to people about their their lives.
1: I, you know, I honestly haven't thought about that. And with the way my schedule is, I usually like to take my time and hoard it to myself for my own (laughs) mental health reasons. Um, So probably not. Um, But maybe in the future when I'm like, you know, everything isn't so chaotic, things in my time in a whirlwind. So I haven't thought about that, but it would be interesting because I do like talking to people I'm a sociology minor, so I like to study people and all of that good stuff. It just kind of goes hand to hand. So yeah. maybe.
0: Hey, you know, if uh, I always thought of, you know, yes, no, maybe's as like a door closing. It's like, yes, door is open. No, close. Maybe. Hey, that crack. Let's work with that crack on that door and just blow it open.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> it's just
1: You know what? I just went along with it. <laughs>
0: Thank you for understanding. Thank you for understanding. So you said
1: You're welcome. earlier
0: that you left Medford to go to University of Oregon with, a, with an idea to become a teacher. Why, why a teacher?
1: Um, honestly, I just liked working with kids, or at least I thought my senior year of high school, I did an internship at an elementary school with like first graders, and just the bratty attitudes got to me after the first hour. And I knew kind of right after that, I was like, I don't want to do this. Cause I knew for a fact, I wouldn't want to teach middle schoolers or high schoolers. I wanted to teach kids. Mm. And then after that, I was like, I don't think I can do this. Cause I might get fired for saying an expletive in front of a child. So, <laughs> 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 and then, um, yeah, I don't know. I had to do an interview cause I was really involved with 4-H. I was like the president of my club at the time and the 4-H association, I guess you could call it, asked if I wanted to be interviewed for this local OPB broadcast. And I did. And that was kind of my first taste of broadcast, if you will, being in front of the cameras, the lights and talking and doing this. And I really liked it because I hadn't thought of journalism in that aspect before. I'd always been involved with just like creative writing. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of when the bulb went off and I went, hmm, maybe I could look into journalism. And then I looked at the U of O's programs and I was like, all right, well, in-state tuition cannot be beaten. So I'm going to pursue that.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. I have a, I, I think two guests ago, he's a, he's an LA native, but you know, he and I were talking about how, you know, we would like to have some sort of aid when it comes to paying off student loans. And then he's like, yeah, cause out of state it's, it's buckling me down right now. And I'm, you know, making that a little censored, but you know, it's he's yeah. I feel pretty yeah. lucky to of. Yeah gone to school at University of Oregon, not just because of that prestigiousness that kind of carries as a sports fan, um, but it's just, you know, I got to Yeah, know.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, and also just, just go Ducks. Yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always
0: and forever, uh, except yeah. for when we lose the Civil War, like we did this year.
1: Oh yeah, no, 2020 doesn't count for sports. I thought we decided, I thought we all agreed on that. Unless your team wins,
0: mm. right? yeah yeah that's that's, that's what true. i heard it it was such <laughs> like i do fantasy football so this was the mm-hmm. most infuriating season i have ever experienced my whole life because a like yeah players, how many people yeah
1: just <laughs> sit yeah. out <laughs> yeah.
0: either either sit out or they get hurt in the beginning of the season and they are never the same again yeah, hmm.
1: yeah. i didn't do fantasy this year i did last year I just yeah I think it'd be too hard to do fantasy because of the pandemic
0: yeah yeah I uh last year I got first place this year I think we played with like 12 teams I got like eighth ninth so it's still like respectable but that fall from the top of the mountain hurts
1: you know at least you won once
0: thank you thank you thank you thank you you're welcome <laughs> tell my tell my uh competitors, and then just make sure they have a another unbiased opinion to just chime in in the chat group and be like, "He only won, suck it." <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's funny.
0: So, going back to your your discovery of journalism after our little tangent, we'll probably have more tangents about sports. I mean, it's bound to happen.
1: But that's okay. That's
0: okay. Yeah. Um. So. When you came in from the journalism program, did you immediately know about Duck TV or were you thinking, I'm going to write for the Daily Emerald and then work my way to Duck TV? Or what was your path once you got into the school?
1: I, so I was a first generation college student, Um, so I didn't really know entirely what I was getting myself into my first term. And honestly, I kind of went on academic probation and kind of had to pull myself up from my bootstraps and I did. So it worked out. But I wasn't really looking into extracurriculars my freshman year. In fact, I didn't even join Duck TV until I was, um, I think it was my first or second term of sophomore years when I joined Duck TV, Um, because that's when I started getting more involved with the school. I kind of knew more of the professors. And I noticed that they had auditions and I was like, you know, I'm going to try it and just see if I like it. I wanted to make friends and I wanted to be involved with something because I'd finally, after the first year, found a balance with my schoolwork and stuff and felt comfortable to take on something else. You know, if that makes sense, because I was also working part time at a restaurant. So I was trying to make sure that (laughs) I could have time for me, which virtually I didn't. But ultimately, it all worked out. Once I got involved with Duck TV, it just kind of took off. And the broadcasting just kind of is what I stuck with and really enjoyed.
0: Yeah. So mm-hmm. did you have kind of this holy crap moment when the lights got turned on? Because when you were back in Medford, I think that's what you just said, where you were in Medford, you got to do a little bit of broadcasting with them before in high school. Now, I assume those lights aren't as bright as Duck TV's. Now when the Duck TV lights flashed on, what was your like first thought, if you remember?
1: Probably nervousness. I mean, I was that was my first time really like being in front of a camera. And you know how all how awkward we were at like 19, how awkward we were just in general around each other because we didn't know each other that well. I wanna say the best years of Duck TV were definitely like the first two that you were in it with me that like we had the whole squad i don't know we all connected we were all always working together i feel like there were other times in duck tv where it wasn't always like that so i think it's really special that we had our squad when we did in that 2015 16 17 ish era i guess yeah. wait
0: 2015 mm-hmm. was your sophomore year
1: yeah it was the beginning of it 2015 16 was my sophomore year because 2014 15 was my freshman okay. i know is it crazy? That was like seven years ago. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I've,
0: oh, yeah. Um, luckily, you know, I think I, that's why I don't want to date anyone that's younger. So it's like I don't want to introduce something to them. But like, oh, yeah, I used to listen. I used to watch this movie back in like, let's say, 2010, 2011. And then they're like, I've never heard of that. I'm just like, oh, dear God. Oh, so much to teach you.
1: (laughs) Educate them. They probably need it. Yeah. Probably want to watch it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) They just don't know that they want to watch it.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, So what would you say was, you know, the. Okay, actually, let's. let When you have you seen your first package at all? Obviously, you've probably kept some of their stuff i mean all maybe all your stuff so you oh, real
1: i've kept i've kept a good chunk of it just because it's more nostalgic at this point i don't think i would ever use it for a real now unless i you know didn't want to get hired so
0: <laughs> it's like if i if i really want to sabotage myself i'm going to give them my first ever highlight package
1: <laughs> yeah 100 absolutely It works for your first market, you know, because first markets expect that. They usually take the MMJs who are fresh out of school. But once you're done with that, it's like, it's no, 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 no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I um, It actually wasn't until I started this podcast where I actually found my comfortability being in front of a camera, some version of a camera, and actually be able to like string a coherent sentence together and actually throw in a little charisma and, you know, that charm. And now I'm like, only if I had this practice when I was back in school, where would I be now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever do um, the radio? Um, I forgot what it's called. There's the sports radio thing on campus.
0: Yeah. KWVA, I think. it's. I mean, my friend was a radio host for that. for.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, it was, uh, I did Daily Emerald. I tried it
1: for two terms. I hated it.
0: You did? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it. Well, I just want to say, like most things, it was the ratio for boys to girls was gnarly. It was, it was like mm-hmm. 12 dudes and me and one other girl. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I would make, I would say that, Journalism in general, I mean, at first, from when I was younger, watching a whole lot of males, and now as I'm progressing through the years, I'm seeing more and more females. What is it like for you to step into this kind of industry and know that it's a little bit of an uphill battle for you?
1: I guess I just don't think of it that way because I'm very self-confident and aware of what's going on. Um, I don't really think about other people and what we're doing. I guess I don't feel that sense of competition. I just try to put my best work forward. And I just work on what I'm doing to become better, if that Mm. makes sense. So I don't get intimidated easily. And I don't feel like I've had that challenge yet. I think it will get harder as I go further, you know, because there's a lot more pressure to be better and to, I don't know, just it, it, there's so much to it there's like being better at editing being better at shooting being better at like presenting and you know like trying to just make sure I look decent because I probably might have a live shot or something while I'm still trying to work all day long off to the side and it just it gets a little chaotic but you just got to keep keep going
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is that like for your you know you talked about how you don't want to start podcast because you need that mental health mental mental day off what what do you what are you like when you are like the plate is getting full for some reason when it comes to like work I always think of like you're in a line for buffet and then you keep putting more and more on your plate because you think you can handle it next thing you know the plates filled pouring over how do you handle that overfilled plate like what's what's your what's your plan
1: so, oh, I mean, this is like, we're talking someday, every day is different. And that's also why I love journalism because some days it's pretty easy. I have some small, simple stories. My interviews all work out and everything is great. And then there's other days where nobody gets back to me. And then next thing you know, I have 30 people blowing up my work phone at 345 and I have to turn these stories by five and six. So it depends on the day, but if it is a heavy pressure day, Um, I just, I kind of zone out. Like, I don't know what else to say. I like put my personal phone on do not disturb. I don't even touch it. I like work on everything I can before then. So I'll try to like pre-write my scripts. If I have time, I try to collect B roll or go shoot B roll. If I need it, I try to do everything I can just to stay on top of the game. But again, it really depends on your subject's and your interviews because without that that i mean that's like your whole story unless you have like a voiceover which is just like a 30 second segment would just be rolling your script but that's rare and most of the time i have packages or both thoughts so okay. i'd say it really depends on the other people yeah. <laughs> i try to work around it and be prepared but it's it's yeah you never know you really don't so it's yeah. fun
0: <laughs> do you find do you, is there any sort of like i don't know like Uh, Endorphins that get released when you are in super stress mode, or you're just like, you know, you that feeling of productivity is just it's great feeling because you're just like, oh, I just basically covered A to Z in ten minutes. But it's also like, holy crap, I just covered A to Z in in ten minutes. What what was some? I would say
1: it. It doesn't really hit me until after my shift. I would say because I get so focused and. I actually work better under pressure. So for me, I just am like in the zone until it's over with. And then, then sh- when I'm running home, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm like a flower that just completely wilts finally. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I need to come home and just have one glass of wine before bed and just, you know, chill out a little bit and just take a deep breath and go, wow, I did this, 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 and this today. And I handled it. And again, that can be, it varies on your stories. Like if I cover a super sad story about somebody who just passed away then I just had to hear, you know, when you interview those people, you can feel their energies. And sometimes when you cover like a hard story like that, like I covered a story with a mom who lost her baby at birth. So she's leaving Dutch Bros gift cards around our hiking trails here, as like a gift in memory of her daughter. And her telling me her story, she was getting like choked up and it's really hard to be professional But you also want to be personable because it's like, okay, I'm also a human. I'm here to listen to you, but I don't want to sound like a robot. So that's really tough because it's like I want to sympathize, but as a professional, I kind of have to like hold back a little bit, you know, and it's, it's tough, you know, you never know. You really don't, but I do love the job and I handle it the best I can, but definitely have to unplug. I would say definitely social media will be the first thing to go for me if I'm (laughs) feeling super overwhelmed because I just yeah i can't
0: yeah i mean especially with the year 2020 was it makes sense to want to take a step back a giant step back from social media
1: yeah, yeah. Well, as much as i can at least i kind of can't completely pull the plug on it because of my job mm-hmm. um i would love to sometimes i really think about doing it but i'm like i, I literally can't so yeah
0: <laughs> how can you tell me about a moment when you Maybe when you started out and then Going back to that situation where like the Person you're interviewing has just suffered A big tragedy and then you're trying to Stay professional but then you lean a little too Far into the personal bowl and then when you see The film again you're just like what's Your thoughts when you had that Moment where you just went a little too personal versus Staying professional
1: Um I guess, I'm trying to think of a story off the top of my mind, but when that's the case, usually I will throw facts out there that are relatable to them or something we have a common ground on, if that makes sense. Mm. So that way we connect. When you make that connection with the person, they're more likely to open up to you. I've had people that I've talked to and they're like, no, 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 I don't want to go on the camera. I'm not comfortable with it. And I say, hey, you know what? That's okay. Can you just talk to me here and now off the records and I can just take some notes and kind of have an idea. And they start talking to me for a minute or two. And then, you know, they'll sometimes be like, you know, if you have a, have a minute, I can I can actually talk on camera. Mm-hmm. So I guess I use it as a tactic sometimes, which might sound messed up. But it is just me forming a connection saying like, oh, this has happened to you. I had something like that happen to me recently. And it's like, oh, you did. And it just, it makes it easier. It's like a bridge the gap kind of thing because these people are complete strangers most of the time. I'm the one who reaches out to them. And I know that they're opening up to me. And I'm always grateful when people are willing to do that because they don't know me. I mm-hmm. mean, other than the fact that I work in BC and they're like, oh, okay. That's the only reason. If I were to just walk up to anybody on the street and say, hey, can I interview you? They'd probably be like, no.
0: Yeah. It's like, is this for an actual like news thing or just for your sick games?
1: Yeah. yeah. What is this for the tube of you?
0: TikTok. <laughs> the tube of you. That's a new one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a Mariah trademark.
0: Okay, all right. Well, I mean, I'm happy to be able to share that trademark on my show. And I feel like, you know, this should be plugged into your newscast going forward. Just saying, <laughs> don't actually do that, because I don't want to get you fired. <laughs> this, this year, there are so many things, like as far as a reporter. That the stories, the major stories just came out of the woodworks as far from like favorite from the COVID hit all the way to elections and then most recently all of this Capitol Hill, um, the assault on Capitol Hill. Now, being able to separate yourself, compartmentalize, which I've had the worst time trying to say that word so I'm feel really good. I said it correctly. <laughs> How are you when it comes to seeing all these major stories that are happening across the world, like Black Lives Matter, yeah, COVID, you got the elections. When you see this, and then let's say you go back to social media, how much are you trying to like not be too emotional, not trying to be too aggressive, or are you just trying to stay that fine line again because you are representing? a new station, a bigger company like NBC? Mm
1: -hmm. I guess I I separate myself because we're also, we we are human. We do have emotions. I think honestly, the whole unbiased journalist perspective is outdated. I think everybody has opinions and I think everybody's slightly biased no matter what. Like you Mm -hmm. can't be not biased. You're going to have thoughts and feelings on certain things. For me, I try to just keep my own self out of it but I know that I'm going into it with my own perspective and, you know, that's just kind of how it is. So usually if that's the case, I focus obviously on my subject or my character and, you know, that's why our scripts are always, he says, she says, this organization says, you know, cause it's them, not me. And yeah. that's kind of something we have to watch out with our reporting. So, you know, we don't get sued, yeah. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do- is do you ever wish sometimes you were back with the the small stations some, you know something that wasn't affiliated with NBC or Fox the the big guys or big gals of the uh, news world
1: I guess I I don't think of it though like that because this is considered the beginning stage you know um then after this you go to your second market third market and you can kind of advance all the way to the top if you really want to again I'm talking years that mm-hmm. take years and years but this this is the beginning especially for at least for news you know and i'm grateful because that at least gave me the idea of what it's like to sit behind the desk to read off of a prompter to be out there and do some sort of reporting even if it's different you know so that's how i feel at least
0: i mean it's also duck tv when i guess when you compare the two duck tv was a little more free flow Versus like what you're doing now with Kobe TV.
1: Oh, absolutely. It was like so student run, you know. <laughs> it like, yeah. It was like show up to studio or I don't know. Yeah.
0: yeah I you can't, I, Do you
1: remember that? You remember it was I, like you had to sign up? They-
0: <laughs> yeah. I think I did a couple studios. Um, but yeah. I just, I just remember just show up and it wasn't that comfortable where I could sit behind the prompter and then like move it down at a comfortable pace. So I was like behind camera one. And I just remember I was like super quiet and just being like hands in the pocket, kind of swaying back and forth just to make sure. And then, you know, if I hear like do saying like zoom in on camera two, I was like, Oh crap, that's me. Okay. Sorry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: those were the days.
0: Those were the days. Now you're in the, uh, I guess, the, the adult world of, you know, the news station. Do you go to, mm-hmm. a, who do you go to when all these stories, all the emotional stories kind of takes a toll on you? Uh, let's say outside the family, who is your go-to person?
1: Uh, it pretty much is all the family. I'm sure HR would love for me to go to them, but there's just, it's just my own personal thing. If I don't have to talk about it at work, I'm not going to. I mean, I totally recommend somebody do that if they need to, but it's just for me, it doesn't really help me to talk to human resources. For me, it helps to just talk to my mom. Like there's been times where I come home and I had to go out to late breaking news to like a shooting or a terrible car wreck. I've seen dead bodies, which is not fun. And when that happens, you know, I come home and I see my mom and just the sight of her, I'll just start crying, burst into tears just because it's a lot. But for the most part, I keep my my stuff pretty much reserved and just keep it to myself and only vent when I need to. It's also very helpful to sing at the top of my lungs in my car. (laughs) I do that a lot.
0: (laughs) What's your go-to song?
1: Super Bass, Nicki Minaj.
0: Really? Okay. (laughs) Good friend Dylan Vibes, who I've also shadowed on a photo shoot and was also a previous guest and went to University of Oregon So I, you know, being able to see this guy work has been pretty fun. But he took his personal training abilities out from the corporate business and he is making his own business and he also now has a training app where if you go to vibestraining.com, click the blue button and then register, it will prompt you to download his app where you'll have a wealth of workout activities ranging from five to 60 minutes, then you can go from having no equipment needed to potentially some bands or using that dumbbell again, but in a different way. And now he is doing these workouts with backpacks. So he's very creative, he's very energetic. And what's great about it also is that you will have a way to uh, log in all your progress and keep track of how you're doing also have access to a community of other fitness enthusiasts that are here to help you with your problems or just praise you when you made some progress that you're very excited for you know it's uh, it's great to have people to you know you shouldn't need people to be your own personal cheerleader you should be able to do it yourself but it also is pretty nice to have that kind of support and uh, so sign up with vibes training. And then you will have the support system you need to reach the goals that you have set for yourself, not just for this year, but for every single month. Because who knows if you just want to change your goals up every month, that's fine too. But Dylan Vibes, Vibes Training, he'll, hit you, he'll help you reach your goals. Now, does the car speakers yeah. supplement <laughs> that feeling? Does it supplement with the base?
1: Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. Sometimes I've actually been getting on myself as i get older because i'm like i need to stop like bearing when i drive places because i'm so used it's just usually me in the car Mm -hmm. so i'm like just turn up the tunes and like i have about a half hour commute just to get to town where i live right now so Mm -hmm. it's a happy place for sure and the bass is a1 so yeah it works out phenomenally there
0: you go so have you thought about seeing a therapist or anything like that because you know if this works for you as far as keeping everything fine but you know I, as far as for myself you know leaving college I you know I saw therapists and people fans of the show or just people that have listened to the show consistently know I've talked about this numerous times where it does help a whole lot just to
1: mm-hmm.
0: share everything is this something you've thought of as far as seeing someone again that's just yeah sounds it's not old school mindset yeah, I mean like-
1: I've definitely thought of it Oh, no, there's no shame in that at all. I just haven't pursued it because I feel like I've, it's been tough, this job and things. But, like, like, again, with the pandemic, not that much happens. So when I talk about that breaking news and the dead bodies I've seen, that was, like, the beginning of my career. And what most people don't realize is I was only, like, in, in the regular news before the pandemic for, like, four months. So the majority of my career has all been pandemic And that's been really hard because it's affected like live shots and going in studio, like they wouldn't let us because of COVID, especially at first, because they didn't know how, you know, how contagious and how bad it was. So that Mm -hmm. kind of stunted me a little bit, I think. And now it's like getting better. And he's letting me do a lot more because also a lot of our reporters have recently left. And so now I'm like the most experienced one there. Which is crazy because I've only been there for like a year and four months now. So, yeah. (laughs) Look
0: at you shooting to the top. (laughs) Well, there you go. It's kind
1: of, it feels weird. It feels weird to me because I still feel so new. And, you know, technically I kind of am. It's just the turnaround rate's been crazy because a lot of people. A lot of journalists, I should say, are getting burned out because this has just been such a tough news year. It's really hard to find story pitches when there's no events, you know, so you have to get very creative. And even then, it's still kind of a repetitive loop of COVID. Or even if you do a story that's not COVID related, it's social distanced due to COVID or you know what I mean? It's always there. So it's tough. And that I think is draining on the mental health, which coming back to the therapy I've considered it. Yeah. I just feel like it hasn't gotten there yet.
0: Mm, okay. You're, let, let's say you're like maybe like 95% committed to the idea. You know, you said still it's getting close, but it's not, you're not ready to take that leap yet.
1: Yeah. No. And I also know that um, I think through insurance, I think I have questions through work um, to go talk to somebody, which mm-hmm. is really cool. So I know I have the option if I
0: need it and when I want to pursue it for sure. Okay. There you go. Well, you know, you didn't cover just COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw you covering the voting, I guess the, the voter counts and basically the mm-hmm. County votes. Uh, and then, you know, you also got to cover the wildfires that happened in September of this past year. I saw you in the yellow jacket. I saw you just out there in the set and all that. what, I mean, beginning of your career with Kobe, you did see some dead bodies, but what was it like seeing the forest and all the burns and all, all that damage that came from the wildfires?
1: So um, as somebody who actually grew up here um, every summer, there's pretty significant wildfires. So that's actually pretty normal. Oh. So, you know, when we go to work during the summer, we have all that fire gear to, like on us, every news car stocked with that fire gear because we know there's fires pretty much every year. I know that's terrible. You can also blame global warming <laughs> for it getting worse. But what was so exceptionally terrible about the Almeda fire is that was right in town and that literally wiped out two and a half towns and those two and a half towns that were wiped out were also where most of our low-income families and low-income housing was so it's just it's terrible you know those people lost everything mm-hmm. i even had to evacuate my apartment because i lived in talent and and you know i was taking videos i could see the smoke was like right there i mean the whole neighborhood at my old apartment completely burned to the ground the stores on the other side completely burned to the ground. I don't know how (laughs) my apartment didn't fully burn, but like um, my roommate was not comfortable staying there after that. So she broke the lease and I couldn't stay there by myself. So I left too, but it just, yeah, it was devastating. I've never seen anything like that, especially in Southern Oregon, it's a fairly small town. It is growing, but it's still, you know, it's no Eugene or Portland by any means in comparison. So. It was just heartbreaking. You know, people are still struggling to find housing. People are living in trailers and they're grateful just to have that trailer because, you know, they don't have anything else. And it's just, it's terrible. And then when you think about the pandemic on top of it, there's been a lot of struggle because it's like, okay, we can't house all these people together, you know? So it's a process. I don't think um, the Rogue Valley is going to be the same for a while, at least for the next decade, because there's so much that's going to be rebuilt or need to be rebuilt. Like they're still taking out burnt vehicles and structures. You can still drive through there and it still looks burnt to a crisp. It's very depressing actually.
0: Yeah. You can't just go to, you know, like, like, let's say there was a giant like hurricane or whatnot, you know, how people always go to like the gym, the high school gym or something like that. It's a big location. Yeah. That's, that's rough. That's that that's that's hard to really digest all that and try to stay in front of a camera and stick with you know what you need to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, like I uh I called out that day. I was emergency alert never sent. So people were just kind of figuring it out looking outside, which is really bad. And the county of course has no answers and that's a big story we've been delving into which has been interesting to say the least, but um, yeah, it was just crazy. And I called my boss and I said, hey, I can't even get out of this traffic. I don't even know if I have a home. I have to call off work tonight because again, that was one of those instances with my mental health. I was already devastated because you could just see the smoke and it's really hard thinking you know is my stuff burning right now am I losing my everything which granted I have my life my pets and I grabbed what I could when I evacuated but I really thought I lost everything and that was just really tough thinking I'd have to start over again so (laughs) not Hmm. fun the the zero out of ten experience
0: did are you trying to scale it (laughs) just say zero out of ten
1: It was a zero out of 10. Oh, oh, that's
0: what you mean. Okay. I thought in a scale of zero to 10, I would be like, I was like, wait, what?
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. But then literally I couldn't sleep that night. I don't think anybody really did. I was up till 5am just watching. We had our live stream because we have like a manor cam above the valley. We usually use for like weather, you know, our meteorologist can be like, Oh, take a look at Medford right now. Well, it worked conveniently, and literally, you could just watch the flames move through the towns, so for hours, and it was connected to the scanners, Mm -hmm. like the police and fire, so you could just hear, you know, like the police, um, you know, this place evacuated, you could hear firefighters like, we're out of water, we're out of water, there's no more water requesting extinguishers, there were no extinguishers. So that's also why it was so terrible because not only were the 80 mile per hour winds propelling it, but there was no water because they were running out of water. So it just, it had all the right fuel and it was just dry enough for it to just take off. And it was just terrible, terrible, terrible. Never ever want to see anything like that happen to my hometown or my community ever again. But the next day I got up, even though I'd only had probably two hours of sleep, went right back to work and said, I'm here. This is my duty. I'm supposed to be out here informing the community, especially right now of what's going on. And I can't sleep and I can't function anyway, so I might as well be here and, you know, do the work. So I went out and reported because coincidentally, the South Open Chain fire, which was in the Eagle Point Shady Cove area, started the same exact day the Almeda fire did. So we had two fires on each end of the valley, just completely roaring. And then the embers flew and started another fire in the middle and central Point, but they got that one under control. It really felt like everywhere was burning or under some sort of evacuation order. And it looked like the apocalypse because it was gray from the smoke and everything is just.
0: When, you're, when you had that day, when you called out and you heard all of this stuff over the, over the scanners, were you like, this must be a movie this 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 isn't really happening did you have that kind of moment where you're like like delusion like
1: delusion just like it was yeah, yeah it was definitely surreal but yeah i also knew that it was happening and it was just more than anything heartbreaking because then like a whole uh facebook thing came up and it was like mark yourself safe from the fire because it was that I- big of a deal i guess facebook like sends out a thing you know
0: <laughs> i saw that i saw that like a bunch of people like we're safe i was like what i i didn't know you were in danger so yeah
1: Mm. yeah and like once that came up then you could just see thousands of people posting like anybody know of any hotels like everybody needed shelter and we didn't have stay at overnight when it first happened and i think that's still the case for some of them and honestly a lot of people also just moved away Mm -hmm. but We also still have, like, so we had a housing crisis before the fire, so you can only imagine how terrible it is. It's not funny. I just don't know how else to think about it. It's just, yeah, it's awful.
0: I've seen some adults use laughing as kind of a coping mechanism to try to, like, defuse Mm -hmm. the the intensity of the situation. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned that you were living with a roommate. Have you checked in with that person? How, how are they doing? Are they, are they able to find something else somewhere else to live?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She found something like the next week right away, which is really awesome. And um, actually she works with me. So oh. <laughs> I see her most, most of the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. And so as far as the recovery process is going for all the, the fire damage, how would you, is it kind of encouraging to see like the changes that it's starting to go through? Cause I know when we had the Multnomah fires, I was like, okay, it was really devastating because, you know, I've gone hiking there. I have so much experience there, but then every time like I drive by let's say the hood river mm-hmm. and I see it's starting to turn green, I'm just like, ah, oh, progress feels good. Have you seen, have you had that feeling when it comes to the, the fires? Yeah
1: leaves and everything will come back but right now it's still pretty bad i mean they definitely did um they brought out helicopters and did some seating all along the freeway and stuff and so there's like a little bit of grass but other than that it's it's still pretty ugly i'm not gonna lie
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i i feel weird asking this but but medford does house the only blockbuster left in the world is it still up
1: medford
0: no that's bend oh bend damn it wow i feel worse now <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ugh, not a good look for me <laughs> and as far as for you it would be
1: awesome
0: right <laughs> uh, as as far as for you when you got done covering the fires and then you got home what was that cleaning process just for you to get clean again? What was that like? I mean, with how much hair you have, I feel like that one probably took a long time.
1: It actually wasn't terrible. It was just, it was really sad leaving that apartment because I had actually only lived there for four months then the fire hit. Um, So it just kind of felt like, I just, I guess I haven't felt like a sense of stability Other than my career, like I've just been moving and moving. I just miss having a place of my own and my own home. But for some reason, life just keeps throwing ball like curveballs, and I'm just taking it and going with it as I can. So when I mentioned like the housing crisis, that's why I'm stuck here right now because I've really been struggling to find anything. Like I'm on a rental wait list because each unit has about six to ten applicants.
0: Wow, how committed are you to? staying in medford i understand your career's here but you know if i I've, i guess i, I don't want to ask like have you given up on the idea of leaving or you know staying in medford now do, do you have you searched at maybe some places maybe like a little more north of medford or maybe some other not, town?
1: not- Not yet, and I'm not sure how much of this I can actually discuss per my contract, Um, but my contract does expire in July 2022, so at that point, it's fair game. I'm required to go to a top 70 market, so that gives me 70 different cities to choose from, and a lot of them are not Oregon-based, so I know that I'm probably going to leave the state after this. Could I stay at Kobe and you know sign on longer absolutely if i wanted to stay here but i've made it very clear to them and to my family i, I like it here this is definitely home but it is not where i want to stay and if i really want to build my career up as a reporter and a journalist you have to move to those bigger cities so mm. i plan on leaving here when my contract expires um right now at least you know okay. i don't know where i'm gonna go i haven't looked in it too much because it's like a year and a half away but um you know i'm, I'm i'm thinking about it you know i'm trying to get my reel together and make it more current because you know again the first reel i have is just my old college garbage and that will not get me hired
0: so <laughs> <laughs> at least put one in there okay just like this is where i started oh i'm over here that progress is that progress
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we'll see we'll see
0: So, I have no idea how to transition to this, but I saw something on your Instagram about a Jackson County livestock auction. What? (laughs) What? Can you please dive in? So,
1: do you remember? Okay, so you remember earlier when I told you I was really involved with 4 H and I was the president of my club? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, I would, I raised pigs um when I was (laughs) all the way from the time I was in fourth grade till I graduated high school and through 4-H you know I did like a lot of community service and stuff too so if you're familiar with 4-H are you do you know what it is
0: let's elaborate yeah 4-H what is 4-H just so okay it's it's for everyone else I'm just just, yeah I don't know
1: (laughs) okay so what about do you know like FFA have you heard of that this is, some cu- this is some country stuff okay so ffa is future farmers of america okay. and basically all of it 4-h is like the baby version of that but you can stay in it throughout high school you don't have to switch to ffa if you don't want to and i never did i loved 4-h so i stayed with it okay. basically you can raise livestock you can do baking cooking sewing um horticulture i also did that it's an entity of things And basically every year at our county fair, you compete against each other. Hmm. So with me, I did pigs. These are pigs that go through um, market classes and then you take them in the show ring and there's a judge who like ranks them, I guess you could say. And then they get sold in an auction, kind of like a rodeo. I'm talking like going once, going twice, that sort of thing. You sell it to the local businesses here, buy the meat. Oh, so it's kind of cruel in a sense, but it's not because it teaches you so much as a kid about responsibility and doing your own thing. And then again, like the club itself, the way it was structured with like president treasurer and all that stuff it kind of taught you as a kid, those roles, I guess. So it applies to life in general, I feel like. And so um, everything with that shifted this year. So I found a kid who was doing the pig thing because you know i understand it i pitched it to my director and he liked it and it actually turned into a sponsored series by a local grocery store yeah yeah so that was awesome
0: all right awesome. <laughs> there you go uh,
1: yeah no. So that that's what that is i know it's it's hard to really break all of it down because there's a lot to it but yeah. um definitely just google it if you want to know more <laughs>
0: yeah because the the, the photo i saw was with you and in a pig um Mm -hmm. and then i was like live auction that's kind of where my mind went to livestock Mm -hmm. auction i was like i assume she's raising this pig to get sold to a butcher or just a meat Mm -hmm. market it
1: does Mm -hmm. yep
0: how i mean carp god i thought i had this down compartmentalized how how was that when it came to seeing a pig go from baby to adult and now bacon how were you able to you turn know, those it, off
1: it literally only bothered me like my first and second year doing it and then after that I did it for like a day straight it just it was a process the way I think of it I know some people think it's just the worst it's the most inhumane and I would disagree because think about the meat that you pick up from feedlots those animals go in there and just get like knocked out and processed for your plate the animals that I raised got to grow up with me, run around on 10 acres. You know, they were bathed. These were show pigs. You know, they weren't just like roll in the mud and then thrown out. I mean, they had a good long little life with me and probably more so exciting than a feedlot would have ever been. So that's the way I think of it. And at the same time, I would make like five thousand dollars every summer. So whoa, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's per pound. You sell per pound, so you know these hogs can get up to like two hundred and eighty pounds. I think is the cutoff.
0: Yeah. Now, did any of the the money you made through this auction go towards paying off University of Oregon and all your student loans, or is it just it was all gone as soon as no, you- actually.
1: High <laughs> No, I saved it. But actually, I invested it into my first car. So Ah. um, from there, you know, I got my first car and then I sold that car. And then I don't know if you remember, I had the Mustang when I was in college. That kind of came from the pig money as well, because my last, I was reserve champion. So if there were like 300 pigs in the barn that I was competing against, I was fourth place overall. Which was amazing. I got like the belt buckle and like a giant sign. What? <laughs> and all the stuff. And so the better you place, the faster you, the closer you sell at the beginning, the more likely you're gonna make more money. So that year I made like $10,000. I swear to God, if you could be a professional for a showman in your life, I would just step with that and finesse the heck out of it.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, I, I used yeah. to I used to name my cars. I don't do it anymore, just because I just lost track. Did you name the Mustang or any, your current car after the pig, your most recent pig that you sold?
1: No, I never named it after the pigs ever. My cars, so my Mustang. I thought she was sexy red, so I named her Scarlet
0: because that just fit
1: her. It had nothing to do with the pig.
0: <laughs> it just has to do with Scarlett yeah. Johansson, right? I mean,
1: it was obviously every time I drove it. Yes exactly
0: (laughs) do you ever now for that kid that you know did the same thing you did as far as raising pigs Mm -hmm. how much were you just reminiscing about your time then
1: oh god like the whole time but i couldn't get into it too much either because it was heavily modified because of the pandemic so Uh, it was like not the same as what i did at all it was still the same but not you know i couldn't connect with it the same way but the nostalgia was still there it was still in the same arena and the same expo and all that stuff but it was weird it was really fun seeing him do it and like he did pretty good so yeah I, of course it's always an honor again to like tell somebody's story especially when it's like that close to home for me mm. so yeah Aww.
0: now do have you? Yeah. do you ever follow up with the people you interview like for this kid let's use this kid as an example have you followed up with him since it released and maybe a little bit down the line see how he's doing or are you just like i i can't do that
1: um not not with him and not entirely because he's in seventh grade or probably yeah. eighth grade now don't do that don't do that and <laughs> also yeah also um project right now so like if i wanted to do like a follow-up story for example then i would probably reach out Um, maybe a couple months before Showtime and just kind of be like, hey, how are things going? Uh, But I don't think this is a story I would follow up on because I kind of made it, that's why it was so much bigger and it was a series. So it was like five minute segments and two part five minute segments versus like for the regular newscast, generally a package is like a minute 30. Mm -hmm. So I really got more time to work on that and be more creative with the storytelling aspect, which I enjoyed so much because again, Because I was a 4-H kid for so long, I knew the sounds I wanted for Nats. I knew what kind of sound I wanted from him to say. So I had time to formulate my questions, if you will, you Mm -hmm. know, and kind of manipulate it to my advantage, I guess.
0: I mean, there's, it's sometimes it's the wordings we choose. It's just like, it doesn't sound great, but it's the most accurate description Mm -hmm. for my process, you know, it's. But, you know, it works because, uh, yeah, for like, let's say this podcast, obviously two, two different planes. But, you know, after I release the episode, I like to just follow up with the guests, just text here or there and be like, hey, man, how are you doing? For the people that are like, you know, I have a friend, like relationship with outside of the podcast. So like for you, for example, yeah. like, after gets released, I'm going to check in with you. We'll talk a little bit more, but I know you're busy. So, you know, it's also nice to my goal this year is yeah. to reconnect with people. Mariah, you're on that list too.
1: (laughs) I'm here. So yeah, no, this was cool. Thank you for, you know, having me and chatting with me. I don't even remember the last time we talked. So it's definitely when we were still in school. This is the first podcast I've ever been a guest for. And again, it's just been very interesting being on the other side, but it's kind of nice. You know, I don't have to think about it as much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's what I tell some people. So, you know, again, for people that always listen or watch the show they know that i've voiced my process when it came to talking with potential guests you know you get a topic list we go through that way you know how the conversation is going to go and then i've like a few people you know they'll be like oh uh you know i didn't really take a quick peek i didn't take a long peek at it but i just you know it's just a conversation i was like yeah you're bringing all this information you're bringing all the answers Let, let let me be the sherpa to this journey of an episode so for me, growing up, when I see reporters or see any kind of anchors, and then I see them on public, I tend to like go a little star crazy or just like starstruck. I'm like, oh, my God, I've seen you on TV. Has that happened with you? I mean, obviously, this is also your town you grew up in. But when you walk around the street, like, let's say to the I mean, it's also it's kind of hard to <laughs> do with your hair. I mean, I'm, I'm going to. Your hair is in a ponytail right now, yeah. but you know, when it's down, it's, it's, it's hard not to miss you again. In it's the- not
1: as crazy as it used to be. I don't think. Yeah. It's still, it's still curly, but it's not, I don't, I don't think it's as poofy. It's a lot longer now too.
0: That's but- true. How do you handle that extra public attention?
1: So honestly, I haven't experienced it too much and I'm going to tie that to the fact that again, did not get a ton of exposure because of covid when I say like he wasn't letting us do live shots, we weren't in studio, we were just all in the background doing, so people didn't see me. They might have heard my voice if I tracked my package, but I feel like people haven't really, you know, now it's really shifting and I'm getting more exposure. I've had more people like reaching out to me on my professional Facebook page, like really had an instance where somebody walks up to me in the store and is like, so I'd like to thank Masks for that. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I think that's one of the main reasons people can't recognize me and I I will put my hair up when I'm in town most of the time because I don't want people to recognize me. I'm very cautious of making sure people don't notice who who I am if they might, you know, but also a lot of people who watch the news are way older and you know usually the places I hang out there's more younger people and they have no idea who I am so it's kind of nice I don't feel that I mean I definitely know when I go with my mom my mom's like oh my god those people were looking at you those people were looking at you weird and I kind of feel like I haven't had anybody come up personally and be like hey but there's definitely a lot of weird looks I've definitely noticed people kind of like give me like where where do I know you from kind of look you know like I've seen you before but I'm not going to say anything kind of looks I think I get that more often but I'm I'm so good with nobody approaching me if they do it's just like hey thanks you know I've had a guy pull up to me in the news car again I wasn't working so it's easy to identify me but he was like well the window down (laughs) I was like crack the window because you know some people aren't a big fan of journalists right now
0: yeah yeah.
1: Um, so I'm a little hesitant I was expecting to be told I was fake news I guess I don't know
0: <laughs> yeah that happens that's how do you deal with all this negative comments that get thrown in your direction because of your perfection I do just you...
1: smile and wave you smile and wave thanks for watching <laughs> thank you you know like you just, Treat them with kindness, you know. I don't. I don't care enough. These people are usually trolls, and usually mm, not the most educated per se. Some of the things they like say to me, and some of the things they post, are links to things that just aren't true or verified. And it's just, for the most part, like I have a rule. I don't even read our comment section for the most part because you're just asking to get angry, mm-hmm. you know, especially. Yeah. Um, because I would say Southern Oregon is very much so more conservative than liberal. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. So yeah, you just gotta be careful.
0: But what if a guy's hitting on you through the comments on your professional Facebook, and you just completely missed your chance, Mariah? You gotta think about this.
1: That's okay. <laughs> I would never date anybody in my comment section, so <laughs> that's not an issue. <laughs> I try to avoid those people. I've definitely had some creepy viewers um, follow me on social media and I I don't care if they follow me on social media. I know I'm a public, excuse me, public public figure, if you will. Um, So I know people are gonna find my stuff, it's out there. I know they're gonna find me. It's just when they get weird, then I might block them because I just, you know, I'm allowed to feel comfortable and I don't want people to be weird. Can I help you? Yeah. Bye. Love you.
0: Love you too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: You're totally fine. You told you, you warned me this was going to happen. So I'm perfectly adapted.
1: Yep. I'm, I'm in charge of making dinner. And so now my mom's like knocking on my door. Like when are you going to make dinner sort of thing? And I'm like, God damn it.
0: Bye. I'm hungry. <laughs> I
1: have to cook. <laughs>
0: What are you cooking tonight?
1: White chicken chili, Ooh. Know, a little spicy. It's a it's chili, basically just a little not the traditional version with the red sauce, tomato sauce, and beef. It's chicken and beans and jalapenos, and it's just so good.
0: Okay, is that your go-to recipe? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. No, actually, it's just a recipe I found off Pinterest earlier, and it said it'd only take a half hour to make, and I was like, sweet.
0: <laughs> awesome, let's rock and roll. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I've been using uh, Tasty's app for like meal preps. I'm a meal prepper, so Mm
1: -hmm. I've been
0: finding some interesting ones that actually I've tried, and it's like, damn, okay, these guys know what they're doing.
1: (laughs) That's good. Yeah, I usually usually do Pinterest. Um, Occasionally, TikTok has some interesting recipes, but I don't get on TikTok too much because I'm a Vine person. I don't care if that dates me. Vine was the OG, so...
0: (laughs) That's true. That's true. I have mm-hmm. a friend who got on a TikTok for a little bit and he was like, it's like a longer vine. I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. It's like yeah. You, you enjoy it's the ride. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh so and speaking of ride, how was it writing this cheese story back in January of seventeen? I think I just I might have read this a little bit later, but because you you posted something, I believe it was on your Twitter if my memory serves correctly, where you're teasing it. Mm-hmm. How did that story go? And also, what, where did that story come from?
1: Okay or China that's like pitching these stories to me, but usually i never use them because I need local content, you know, and that's not local. So um, actually one of these PR emails came through and it was about the Rogue Creamery, which is local here. And it's, um, it's actually a renowned little cheese store we have because they won the world's best blue cheese last year. No joke, the world's best blue cheese is in Central Point, Oregon. <laughs> so, fun fact. <laughs> um, but basically, it caught my attention because they were doing this campaign. And so, you know, it was a weekend. I'm a weekend reporter, and so content is a lot slower on those days. So I just reached out to the Rogue Creamery and said, hey, I'd love to do a story with you. I've seen you guys are doing this new campaign. The funds go to Almeida fire victims. People are getting cheese. I was also thinking about the awesome visuals of just being in a cheese store it was it was i don't know yeah and it just it worked out the president came and met me at the store and we did the interview and there are some customers there that figured out the campaign because i was there and then they ended up buying a block of the cheese and i talked to them and it was just it was just it was really cool i like doing stories like that you know that are uplifting and heartfelt and the form of cheese as well i just doesn't get much better than that because I love cheese
0: so have you rediscovered any of these like older foods that maybe you enjoyed when you were younger but then when you went off to college forgot about and then you rediscovered it again when you came back to Medford
1: um not entirely because honestly I feel like Medford has expanded and gotten better in terms of like restaurants and stuff since I moved back if that makes sense. It's just grown so much more. So now like my favorite restaurants that I could list now, like Common Block and downtown, or like um, Pie and Vine in Ashland, those are some of my favorites. Some of them weren't here yet, <laughs> or oh. they came here in like 2016 when I was like still up at school, so I didn't really get to try any of it until I came back. Mm-hmm. But before that, no, there was nothing that really stood out, just like your standard Red lobster, olive garden, you know, chain restaurant sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. well, I can get this when I'm, let's say, if I was back in school. So, yeah. Trying to find those like individual small businesses, small restaurants. That, yeah. Let's, let's, let's rock and roll with those ones.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those ones, you can't be local. I know a lot of places use like organic vegetables or like local farms produce here which is awesome too i like any place that
0: does that so <laughs> this is gonna be a thought but when back going back to your live livestock auction i don't i doubt <laughs> i doubt you thought about this i doubt but were you ever thinking like this pig i feel like it would be in the organic category if it's in like the butcher's market or oh.
1: because you know you're giving it a great life these it was organic i mean it just ran around and it ate the best show feed around you know it wasn't just slop it was like constructed meals so oh it was definitely organic it's probably better than anything you could buy at the grocery store and i stand by that
0: 100 (laughs) percent. you are oozing confidence with that one oozing
1: hair flip i don't know
0: (laughs) you gotta do it you gotta do it i mean this is how you uh this is this is what helped you become you.
1: Well, yeah, and like also just like my parents also raise their own beef, and every time I cook that meat, there's no grease, oh. literally none. So, hmm.
0: so good. F- for now, I'm under the assumption that you're the master at picking out the right cut of steak at the grocery store. <laughs> what 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 should we look for? If we're, I'm sorry for the vegans that are watching, um, or listening, but when you're buying steaks in the grocery store, what is the one thing you always look for?
1: You know, I don't usually buy steak again. I get it from my parents, but if I'm going to choose any type of cut, it's probably the filet mignon because it's the best. I don't know exactly what to look out for. I know there's a certain type of like, I think they call it like the marveling, which is like the fat in the meat. definitely want some of that but if there's a lot of it it's probably not going to be as good because the fat you know just kind of shrivels up or burns so you definitely want to go for something that's a little more lean and definitely red if it looks brown it's probably not good it's probably older
0: oh now i gotta rethink my 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 meat in the fridge (laughs) (laughs) oh
1: i'm sure it's fine i'm sure it's fine i'm just saying i feel like sometimes there's it also depends on where you shop i guess you know
0: yeah yeah now never never thought about going vegan or vegetarian because you're being around all these animals nope okay
1: it it doesn't even have to do with the fact that i grew up around the animals either i just know i love meat i can't cut bacon out (laughs) if i had to like no (laughs) I love ribs. In fact, I can't eat ribs around people because I just go like full Neanderthal. I'd like st- stick a bib in and I just like go for it.
0: Well, I 100% need to see that now.
1: No, that is never going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Mariah, I am giving you a platform to tell your story and have a great photo moments. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. Well, <laughs> I, actually, what's funny about that is my mom has always joked because I've always done this since as a kid. And she's like, if you ever go on a first date, do not get ribs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, you know, if you do like, get like a, okay. tool, get a small rack, and then eat something beforehand. That way you just kind of eat it very slowly and a little more, you know, cleanly. Maybe not
1: possible. Nope. Not possible with the ribs. No, I love ribs.
0: <laughs> um, you know speaking of the first dates now for you what is that have you tried to you know get a relationship going obviously it's COVID it's kind of hard to but not just with COVID but you're also a public figure have you Mm -hmm. has that kind of you know steered guys away from trying to start a relationship with you
1: um well first of all again I haven't really dated So I wouldn't know for a fact if it's made any guys directly turn away but if I had to say anything it'd probably be that they actually like that. I know a lot of guys when they first start pursuing me kind of use that like the worst the worst pickup line is um, breaking news. just want to talk to the cute news reporter girl, blah, blah, blah. Breaking news, you're on my mind. Breaking news is overused. It's cliche. It's just god-awful. And any guy who ever wants to hit on a reporter woman, don't use breaking news.
0: Guys and guys and gals, take notes. Yes. Take
1: notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but no, I, I feel like they like it because it's like something for them to talk about. Um, they really want to know about my career. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand how journalism works. A lot of people just think you get to be the pretty person in front of the camera. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's like the end of my shift. Okay. The whole day is spent, like putting it all together and getting it together. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, by that point, if you are to like, let's say, are you, you're able to make a date after, make it to a date after you're done working for the day, where's your head at? how are you able to focus? Cause you just went through this marathon of a day. It's like, how can I zone in on you right now?
1: Again, those are special days. Not every day is that terrible. If it was, I would, I would definitely be seeing a therapist. Let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> that that, um, bl- that blonde in your hair would be white. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah. So, I mean, for the most part, it's fine. It's kind of nice because it's just switching gears. I go from my professional world into back to, okay, I'm just Mariah. You know, I'm not Mariah the reporter. I'm Mariah me Mm -hmm. going out to get a drink with somebody and dinner and it's fine for the most part. And also if I do have a date, I try to schedule it on my days off. So I don't have to worry about that because I also usually when I get off work, you know, I'm in my full like news outfit. I don't usually bring backup clothes to change into. So it's like, I don't want to like meet up with somebody and be in like my anchor jacket and like my skirt for work and like, you know, be business professional and everybody else is wearing like casual street clothes, you know, I'd stick out like a sore thumb. So yeah. yeah.
0: You could test this guy out. So let's say you're on a date and then you do go and see, you see him like after work you could really test the limit and just go in like leggings and like a sweater and just be like, you got to take me at this level, buddy. You can't get you. If you want anything more, good luck.
1: I try not to scare them off on the first date. Maybe the second. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the second. You got to, you got to, I don't know. You got to take it slow at first.
0: You, you got to. I mean yeah especially with you having as busy as a schedule as you do it's like you really got to make an impression for me to like invest my I
1: usually you know and I do I usually tell the person if I'm like talking to somebody like hey don't take it personally but I'm not always going to respond to you like it could be eight hours before I get back to you because I'm so busy and it's nothing personal I'm just not on my phone because I don't have a moment to even glance at it you know Mm -hmm. And I try to let them know that there's going to be delays. There's going to be times where you don't hear from me, but it's nothing personal. I'm just, it's just me. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, how do you keep yourself physically? De- how do you physically de stress? Is it like working out or is it running? Is it, oh, never mind. There it is. Just get the curls in, right?
1: Yeah. I have a gym membership. I mean, this is more like I've, I purchased these for at home because the gym is like always open and then close and then open and then close. So I have these for at home and then I have like some ankle weights, if you know what those are. Yep. Yep. Um, so I have those and that's like my basic stuff for here. If I have to do any at home workouts, but I do have a gym membership to like any time fitness. So mm-hmm. what I usually do honestly, and that's a big thing for my mental health. So I don't just bottle it up for me. Going to the gym is very big. Um, I go there and I feel like I sweat it out. And when I'm like angry or emotional, I can just be like, oh, you know, like really get those reps in.
0: <laughs> I keep, I'm picturing <laughs> that right now. Um, oh, but great. I usually go
1: after work. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's, it's effective. I mean, sweating it out works for me. And when the gym shut down, I felt like I was going insane, which is why I went to like TJ Maxx or Marshall's and this was like 15 bucks. And I was like, heck yeah. It's not the same, obviously, but You know, I, I need that physical release, I guess.
0: Yeah. As, so I I have a crunch membership and they're like, oh, you know, their gyms are still closed, but here is this app or this website you can go to and maybe like post all these workouts and, you know, here are other ways. Have you tried to maybe dive into exercise that way It's time to test your body or are you just sticking with the ankle weights and barbells? Uh, Ankle
1: weights and barbells at home. dumbbells Dumbbells. at home when i'm at the gym i don't know like when i was at u of o i used to take like tons of like yoga and crossfit classes and stuff so i know how to push myself but i also know how to just use the gym equipment so Mm. i just kind of do my own thing and i do push myself like i have my um i'm not wearing it right now but i have my apple watch and this thing has completely changed the game for me because it always keeps track of everything i do and it kind of pushes me to keep going because it inspires me to like break the last record and get the awards you can unlock and it's yeah i don't know it just it's great i love it i mean i get a mix of cardio get on the elliptical then i go work on my shoulders then i go down and do abs and i just kind of float around but i still push myself if i'm not sweating then it's not worth it
0: <laughs> I know i've been doing at-home workouts so you know we're recording on the 29th uh on february 1st that's when their gyms are opening up again But prior to that, I was using, you know, some other apps that have workouts and I I wouldn't be Mm -hmm. sweating, but i would be like breathing heavy and I'll just be like, Oh dear God, why does it hurt so much, but feels so good.
1: Yeah, I do use, I do the one app I will use if I do want some like instruction is the Nike training app.
0: That's what I use too. I just wanted to, I guess I should have mentioned it that way. Maybe I can get sponsored by Nike for you know i gotta reach for something right
1: a spawn i, I think uncle phil could do that for you very easily so.
0: that's the least he could do that's the least he could do come on man
1: you know what you know they could also put like air conditioning in dd hall finally but why not throw up another athletic center
0: the, yeah there are so many changes i believe they changed the name <laughs> of dd hall from what I remember. Did I think... they?
1: I know they were going to change it because it had like a racist background or something, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, that's what I heard too. Like they're looking to change it, but I'm not sure if they found anything. I don't I don't
1: know if they ever actually did. I know that they were in pretty good discussion about it, but yeah. I don't
0: know. I remember seeing on Twitter someone <laughs> suggesting the LaMichael James Hall. I was like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too far, but
0: yeah he he was just a player i mean he just he transcended the football program fine but it's like i don't think to that extent where he should get a whole I know.
1: yeah we're already a sports school i do think it's cool they just opened up that like huge science center you know the one that has like the glass dome thing walk across the road
0: yeah that was um, a
1: terrible explanation
0: no it's, <laughs> if you look I'll... at
1: the picture you would understand
0: <laughs> and insert photo during post right now <laughs> um yeah i when i went to eugene and again to see the new stadium or the new hayward field yeah i saw that and i also remember that used to be a domino's and then it was also an indian buffet place because it's like on that pathway to Otson stadium i was like mm-hmm. oh well goodbye domino's that was fun while it lasted
1: yes <laughs> at least it wasn't track town i know it's expensive but it was good
0: it's the hometown it's it's the you know the small Mm -hmm. town really? yeah the hometown pizzeria that's the word i was trying to say
1: yep yep
0: well mariah i before your mom gets too mad because you haven't cooked yet uh (laughs) i i like to end my interview
1: before she gets hangry
0: yeah she'll she she was gonna (laughs) destroy that door and i'm gonna be like i'm sorry (laughs) i i like to ask that's okay i like to ask two questions out of this packet of 170 hypothetical questions to end my interviews, just to have a little fun with it. Uh, So yeah, I'm only going to give you two, uh, but if you want to do the whole 170, we can arrange that for another episode. So my first question to you, uh, no, I thought about this one to ask you because you are a reporter, you do write stories and you do news coverages. So if every time you snapped your finger, you would instantly be transported to a random point in humanity's timeline would you snap your fingers? If so, how often? And let's add,
1: probably. what era would you go to? <laughs> um, I would probably snap my fingers all the time and I would probably go to the past. I'm one of those people, if you will. I think the future is kind of its own entity. So I'd probably go to the eighties or the nineties mostly because I would fit in with my hairstyle. i could really throw on some leg warmers and just rock the heck out of it
0: well there you go there you go i was watching this show on hbo max called the deuce which is about the rise of the porn industry in the 80s so seeing all the cars seeing all the fashion yeah you would fit it right in uh i would say yes um just because yeah i do like reminiscing on um you know the past and going down memory lane. I would say, oh God, 90s. That was a fun time. It's still referenced to this day. All these 90s music, 90s music, 90s fashion, 90s TV shows. So it'd be yeah. nice to go back to when it all got released and just relive that.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I was a 95 baby. So I feel like I was smack dab in the middle of the 90s era. And obviously, what I remember until I was five is pretty limited. So I just think it'd be kind of cool to go back and actually see what it was yeah. like. Because I just know it is so different compared to now, for sure. For sure. Yeah. for sure.
0: I'm, uh, I'm 91, so I feel a little old now that I've said that out loud. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, I vaguely remember... That's not that old. So the second question is if you were perpetually surrounded by one aroma besides your natural smell, which you and everyone around you could smell, what would it be? So basically if you example it's like if you could be surrounded by the smell of barbecue sauce that other people can't smell when they're next to you, that that's just an example. So, what aroma? <laughs> no, would you, that's interesting. What, <laughs> what aroma would um, you want to follow you around?
1: You can call this classic or vintage, but I love the smell of roses.
0: This works well so. with the dress too.
1: Yeah, I wasn't even thinking of that, but like even like my rose candle, so it does smell like roses in my room most of the time. I just think it's a good smell. Like you don't really like see any perfumes anymore that have too much of a rose scent it's like old-fashioned like your grandma would wear it but I just think it's a classic it smells like you walked out of a garden so hmm. it's refreshing
0: do you have yeah. a garden at your parents home
1: um not right now not right now because again like we're in we're in the process of moving this
0: well I I just I gave up my answer when uh, I give you an example mine would be barbecue sauce because I'm a big barbecue fan so
1: I actually only use barbecue sauce for my fries is that oh. weird because that's what I do
0: no no i mean i put i i could do i could do that like the the fry dishes that are becoming such a big thing nowadays where like fries are basically the bed of it and then mm-hmm. you just throw all that barbecue shit on and yeah. yeah yeah i could rock with that too
1: yeah
0: so mariah again before your mom gets all hangry and uh, breaks down that door where can the people find you on social media
1: um the easiest way to find me my at handle is mariah mills tv and that's for my twitter and it's also my professional facebook page if they so care to if they want to follow me on instagram they can it's just my name but with two h's if that makes sense oh mariah mills
0: is that for your middle name
1: no it's just because some some lady named Maria Miller likes to take the username Mariah Mills, and I don't know why. And so I had so I had to put an extra H in my name to make it work.
0: <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. I understand this is one of your days off so I, I appreciate you taking time and really sitting yeah. down and sharing your story with me.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for, you know, having me. It was good to catch up. And Thank
0: you so much for sticking around until the end of the episode. If you like what you heard or watched and would like more episodes from Keone Chats, the show can be found on all major podcast platforms under Keone Chats. A video version is available on YouTube under Keone Chats as well. So like and subscribe on those platforms to keep in the loop as far as the next episode released. But if you would like to be a guest... Go ahead and email me your story at kcmedia13 at yahoo.com and I'd love to get you scheduled. To keep up to date with all of the episode release announcements on social media, the uh, KC Media brand can be found on Instagram and Twitter under KC Media 13 And then on Facebook, it can be found under Kanluke Media. So until the next episode, everyone, please take care.